Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, I got a question for you. Would you say I'm a nice guy? Oh, yeah, Lynn. Nice guy. Thank you. I like to think that I am. I mean, I I uh, I love to. I'll play with your dog. I'll I don't turn away Girl Scouts at the front door. I'm a nice guy, I think. But when I get in my car <laughs> and I get in traffic, uh, it changes. And I think about something I heard George Carlin say one time. He said, "Have you ever noticed?" that the people who drive slower than you are morons and everyone who drives faster than you is a maniac. <laughs> that is me. And uh, I realize when I get in my car, I, I tend to get critical of the way other people drive. Well, this lesson is for you then, Lynn. We're, we're talking about avoiding a critical spirit. So uh, sounds like that. I'm, I'm glad you showed up for this podcast because you need to hear everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Right. Well, joining Chris and I for this conversation is Danny on who is the uh, he is a church planter uh, and works with Baptist, uh, the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Dan, thank you for number one, for writing this session for us and for being a part of this podcast. I'm very thankful to be here with you. Now, you have been a church planter in the Baltimore area, but you have recently taken on a new assignment with the convention there, the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware. Uh, would you tell us what you're doing? Yeah, I'm actually, for a few years, I've been working, um, continuing to lead our church, but also I was working with Send Network, um, helping to plant churches in the Baltimore area, and then transition now into a, a new role, similar, but working mainly with our pastors in Maryland, Delaware, helping to encourage them, walk with them, strengthen them and, and their churches during a difficult season to do anything but, including pastoring. Is it particularly challenging in the area for them? Um, I think so. I mean, uh, again, my experience is really uh, central here in Baltimore, and I think there are particular challenges to pastoring and doing ministry in urban settings like the city. But uh, one thing I've experienced is a lot of the challenges that might be unique in context here in Baltimore are similar in scope. It's just it just looks different everywhere. Uh, discouragement, um, just leading. I mean, even even the topics of criticism it can be it can be challenging. So you told an interesting story in your introduction where. Uh, you you had someone you you presented a plan and uh someone that it sounds like you knew well and respected was a, extremely critical can you give us a little bit of background and explanation about all of that yeah it was actually um this this was a while back it was during 911 so that's probably dating how long I've been uh doing ministry I wasn't the lead pastor at the church but in one of our ministries I just wow. and I think there's a lot of relevant um probably connection even to our current times was just a very heated time, a lot of unknown. Everyone was everyone was on edge. And so we made some decisions how we were going to honor, how we were going to pray, and someone just became very upset. Um, so yeah, they they shot out an email to me. I again I don't even remember if I was the one who made the call, but I was the one who sent out the email. So I got the reply and just really upset. Uh some really I, I know a lot of words that maybe I shouldn't know, but there were some words I were new to me from that email. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was, he was just very angry. And I, I still remember to this day, cause it's over 20 years ago now, but um, I had actually typed out a reply on email and I was, cause I'm by nature, and this is a whole nother story, maybe another podcast, I'm a fighter. Um, so I wanted to get into it, but the spirit told me, yeah, 
I wrote back, hey, I'm really sorry uh, if I hurt you in any way. Can we talk about this? And he wrote back, actually, really surprising. I thought you were going to lay into me. Um, so we ended up getting together, able to hash it out. But I, I think back on it, it could have gone really bad, um, obviously, both from me, but also from him. And just uh, sometimes the, the scary kind of uh, powder keg of where our criticism can lead, if not done in, in healthy ways. I, I appreciated you telling that kind of story. Uh, one of the questions that we ask as kind of a, an icebreaker is, um, when have you been critical of something and later changed your mind? So hopefully this will engage our groups in thinking through not just church stuff, but, uh, you know, sometime when you thought, um, I, I hate that. I don't, I'm against that. And then later said, you know, it wasn't such a bad idea after all, uh, in my own life, um, my dad loved to tell the story that, uh, our, our church, um, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, for its time was pretty innovative and we were one of those churches that was early on in building a family life center and my dad was vehemently opposed to it he'd never seen anything like that never heard anything like that just why are we spending money doing this this is absolutely ridiculous this is a waste of money and then my dad would say you know the church voted to do it and then it had a tremendous influence on his kids, on me and my brother and sister and, and my younger brother. We, we, we practically grew up in that facility and came to know the Lord and deepen in our faith. And he was like, well, I was wrong on that. I, I missed that totally. And I just always appreciated uh, that's kind of how my dad was. He was able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong sometimes. So, and, uh, uh, but I hope that, that, these kind of experiences that we're sharing will help our groups to have some conversations like this. Lynn, you talking about being critical of drivers. I think all of those things uh, are healthy ways for us to get into this Bible study. And I think what the study, well, it, our goal is to challenge us in this thinking that we really, we really need to guard our hearts against criticizing other people. So for this study, uh, we're going to be an interesting story in Numbers chapter 12. And this is about Moses and Aaron, uh, Moses and Aaron and their sister Miriam. So let me begin reading verse, uh, verse one, and then I'm going to turn it over uh, to Dan, to you and Chris. Moses and Aaron, excuse me, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he married. For he married a Cushite woman. They said, does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not speak through us? And the Lord heard it. And Moses was a very humble man, more so than anyone on the face of the earth. So um, this, I have to tell you, uh, this is the first time that, that I've had the issue raised of, uh, was this Moses' wife Zipporah? Or is this another wife? You know, we were told that she uh, was a Cushite. Some people are connect that with Ethiopia. Uh, some scholars say Midian and Ethiopia. Meth, Mid Midian, Midianite. Thank you. <laughs> uh, there, that there's some, that there's possibly some connection there. Uh, had you guys dealt with this much? Am I am I the only one late to the table on the whole issue of Moses' wife? <laughs> I'm not sure it's come up in too many conversations I've been a part of, Chris. But it is an interesting thing. And wonders is it just a smokescreen? No, we don't know. It's just uh, they're looking for something. You know, yeah, well, sometimes we want to we find something to complain about. And I just wonder if that was the case here. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I think it it would 
I think there's a real there's a reason why it's included here. And again, there's enough ambiguity. We might not know exactly who it's referring to, which is okay. And you know, even as we study the scriptures, it's okay sometimes to say, yeah, the Lord hasn't fully revealed exactly every detail that we need to know about that. But uh, obviously, they mentioned it, so it was something they had noticed. But like uh, Lynn is saying, it might not have been the primary issue. It was something also being revealed within them. And, and, you know, I think it's personally a good lesson, whether I'm criticizing others or others are even criticizing me. Sometimes the thing that's being addressed is not even the main thing at hand and doing a little work. What's going on here? And I am, I'm fascinated, too, Dan, by the fact that when well, they raise the question, doesn't the Lord speak through us? It's like he only speaks to Moses. But the fact is, God had worked through uh, Miriam and through Aaron. You go back to. Exodus 15, there's the song of Miriam that she led the, the women to sing. There's a way that Miriam was used by God, just as Aaron was. Yeah, Aaron was the mouthpiece of Moses, spoke uh, uh, before the Pharaoh, and uh, is is later the high priest. So uh, these are prominent people. Yeah, for this moment, they're critical. Yeah, and that that's a that's a great point. Um I mean, I, I don't know if we're allowed. How I don't know how real we're allowed to be on here, guys. But I'll, 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 I'll display a little bit of that. But I know when I'm critical of other other pastors, for instance, there might be some legitimate criticisms, and it doesn't mean anyone's beyond that. But if I'm being honest, sometimes it's my own insecurities coming out that make me say those things or express different criticisms of other other people, and it's that comparison. Um, it really brings out how we view ourselves in light of how we view this other person. And that's what we want to capture out of this, uh, this idea they were comparing themselves to Moses. And anytime we compare ourselves to others, it I think it's just going to lead us to a critical spirit. Um, let's go down and let's look at verse four uh, and kind of pick up, see what happened with them. Uh, suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, you three come out of the tent of meeting. So the three of them went out. And the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance to the tent, and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them came forward, he said, listen to what I say. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him directly, openly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The Lord's anger burned against them, and he left. There's a sense here where the criticism of Moses kind of is a little bit of a criticism of God, how God works. Yeah, and and I, I do I do think there's a little disclaimer we probably need to include here, um, and just the nature of the study. I couldn't write all of this, but... Um, this is not saying that there are untouchable people and that even our pastor, like, do not touch the Lord's anointed. We're not saying that because I think there's healthy criticism that can be beneficial for any person, uh, including leaders and pastors. But I think, and, and along with that, we have to be careful. And I'm speaking from a pastor's heart. I'm not Moses. So when we're seeing how the Lord's describing who Moses is, I think it's important to keep those things in mind. But uh, I think the general principle there we can sometimes in our criticism lose sight of how God is working, even through people that we might not fully be able to understand or or do in a similar way. It's a good point, Dan. Uh, 
because we see that even in Moses' life, there is a difference between uh, the criticism is Miriam and Aaron are doing here and what we call constructive criticism. You go back to when they first left Egypt, Moses's father-in-law Jethro showed up and Jethro offered some constructive criticism, said, Moses, what you're doing is not good. The way he was stepping in and trying to rule me, the judge for everybody. I think that was a very good example of constructive criticism. Moses heard it and even implemented what Jethro had suggested. So it's not criticism itself. It's the type of criticism. And I would say, yeah, but there's a, there's a, there's a fine line there. And if someone leads with, a, you know, I, I, I want to share with you, I have some constructive criticism, you know, I'm, and I, I'm a little defensive. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys, well, I was about to interject that whatever we offer needs to be done with a lot of love and grace as well. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean, now Dan, we have this thing in the South where you can say whatever you want so long as you precede it by, you know, bless your heart. And then you can just criticize them all you want. We're, that's, it's, there's got to be a lot of love and grace in how we do that. Dan, there's something you said here in what you wrote in the personal study guide. Uh, really, it, 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 it's, it's funny because uh, you're talking about how God appeared to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and he said, Miriam and Aaron, you two come forward. And you made a reference. It's like when you're when you hear, wait till your father comes home. Are you told <laughs> go straight to the principal's office? It's the idea. You might you can you've got an inkling that something good is not about to happen. And I like how you point that out because I'm sure Aaron and Miriam were the same way that uh-oh that they realize they, they crossed the line. Yeah. And I think it's a really um, relevant example. Again, it's not saying there's untouchable people, but we do have to be careful in our criticism because we might be thinking we're just talking about a person, but I, I would suggest everything that comes out of our hearts, our mouths, it's all connected to our relation with God. It's all effect. It's all related to the Lord. And we always have to, and I think it's a helpful paradigm. How does this affect um, what the Lord is doing here. How does this affect my relationship with him, his relationship with others, what he's doing? Um, and just to be mindful of how our words tie in with that. I think there's something valuable to chase there. And I would encourage groups to do this too. The question, uh, and it's in, it's in the, in the books, but what price do we pay for having a critical spirit? What price is that? Not just in my own life. How does that infect other people? That's, that's something worth discussing. So we, we all come at this from, uh, backgrounds as church leaders and as as pastors, and we know how uh, valuable and how fragile church unity is. And this issue of criticism and criticism of church leaders uh, can have a devastating effect on a church and on the body of Christ. And again, Dan, I think you're exactly right. We're not. We're not saying that a pastor or a church leader is above having asking questions and 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 challenging some things sometimes, uh, but there has to be some way that we are careful about that because uh, it 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 can hurt a church body. It can have a tremendous negative impact when it's just a critical spirit, and uh, when possibly there's ulterior motives and other things going on uh, I, well, that man that is so on 
target because I think one of the ways that we can do it helpfully is is addressing someone gently, but also maybe privately at first. But I think too often criticism is done in a large forum, a large forum, which off the top of the head where emotions are flaring. And oftentimes you even hear people say, I can't believe I said something like that. Well, you did. And it's kind of like two points. It's out of the tube. You're not getting that back in. So I think just sober, humble waiting. Again, not saying that those things don't need to be said, but how we do it, I think, is a really critical matter for the sake of the Lord's work and, and the unity of his people. Dan, one thing I've been convicted off from time to time is when I've been critical is seeing how it has been contagious. Uh, even even with my family, with my wife, if I'm fussing and fuming about something, periodically I'll fuss and fume about it. I notice after a while she has adapted, adopted that same critical spirit toward that thing. And was, I, I can't do that. I could not be doing that to other people. I need to deal with my critical spirit, deal with, take it to the Lord, but I don't need to be spreading it around. Well, so often when God's up to something when God's doing a, a, a an amazing work, these kinds of issues pop up, and um, we just have to be careful um, and and need to encourage our folks to uh, uh, just be sure be sure your heart's right as you're uh, as you're dealing with um, things that you're frustrated with or criticism that you have, and um, uh, but boy. I'm I'm just concerned that that this happens a lot in churches and and never gets addressed. We don't talk about these things. So I'm glad that we've taken this opportunity to talk about the a critical spirit and how it can have a negative impact and how we need to guard our hearts. And I've seen too where when a church member openly confesses, "I've been critical of you," and I'm sorry. There's that. There's a there's a touch of revival that happens there where people start getting right with each other, which leads them to getting right with God. Uh, I just uh, I can think of even one time in a Lifeway Christian Resources Chapel where something like that happened. A 30 minute chapel went on to about an hour and a half of people just you know being honest with each other and, and confessing and loving each other. I think that's that was incredible. Well, let's let me take us into verse ten because we need to, we've kind of left Marion hanging here. So let's see what happens to her. As the cloud moved away from the tent, Miriam's skin suddenly became diseased, resembling snow. When Aaron turned toward her, he saw that she was diseased and said to Moses, "My Lord, please don't hold this against uh, against us this sin we have so foolishly committed. Please don't let her look like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please help her, heal her. And the Lord answered Moses, if her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she remain in disgrace for seven days? Well, let her be confined outside the camp for three days. After that, she may be brought back in. Now, this is a harsh story, but kind of what I like for us to do as we wrap this up is to see this that that last phrase that there's a sense she's going to bear some consequences, but she's going to be brought back. And for me, I hear I I just need to confess the spirit, confess that critical spirit and return to God. Yeah. One of the things about our our criticism is um, if if it's from a heart, um, that's not right. Again, that's a relative 
it's hard to fully distinguish that it's it's not fully black and white but it damages our relationship with god but it also breaks communion with others and it, it just I, I think sometimes we don't fully take into account the impact of uh, unhealthy criticism but even in that when there's confession and humility and you know, in our church, we we try to tell. Let's. I mean, we're not going to say no criticism, no questioning, but let's do, let's be responsible. Let's try to take as much drama out of it. That there's also healing and there's restoration involved. And I love that imagery of being brought back in, and really the Lord's desire. He even shows us through our criticism what are some areas of a heart. I think especially for maybe mature Christians who are pretty good people. They're responsible citizens. They're not doing like the Ten Commandment, like the really bad. I think areas of uh, unhealthy criticism can reveal parts of our heart that still needs the Lord's redemption in us. He's inviting us into him. I think it's just a powerful thing, especially when we can become really culturally, quote, unquote, good, to be able to recognize here is still where the Lord wants to meet you. I love the response of uh, both Aaron and Moses uh, to this to this circumstance they so they immediately know what's going on and and i don't know that we always think through the dynamics of this but a part of aaron's role as the high priest is to examine people to know if they have leprosy or if they're healed so he knows immediately and cries out to god uh, moses immediate response is oh god please heal her and he's the guy being attacked but praise God, please, please heal her. Please restore her. Um, I appreciate uh, the fact that God did that. And, and you know, we see how serious it is. And But, I mean, the, the people stop what they're doing. They don't continue traveling until Miriam can be brought back in. So we see that aspect as well. There is a good angle here because we've been talking about ourselves not being critical of others, but to look at this from Moses' perspective and consider those times when it's not, I'm not the one doing the criticizing, but I'm the one being criticized. Uh, Dan, you wrote in the personal study guide that God, Moses demonstrated his great humility by pleading for healing on behalf of the one who was critical of him. Now that there's also a great message for us. Uh, I may not be the one criticizing, but what is my attitude toward those who are criticizing me? Again, I've I've got to I've got to be Christlike. I've got to be forgiving and show some grace and humility, even as Moses did. Well, that's gospel invitation right there for me, because when I'm criticized, I mean, I'm, you guys are probably better than me. I don't want to forgive people. I don't want to love them. Uh, I want to actually give retribution. But it's always a good reminder for me of how I need the gospel as well, and that's. It's such a sweet invitation uh, for me to see this is where you still need Jesus, because when you're treated like that, you don't want to respond. You want to respond in kind. Um, but as we walk with the Lord, he gives a supernatural ability in Christ to be able to show kindness that maybe isn't even deserved. Um, because when we respond in kind, we're just throwing more logs in the fire. And that usually doesn't go well. It just spirals out. And we've seen too many sad instances of that. But it takes someone to say, yeah, this is going to stop right here. I'm going to exhibit what it means to love and forgive. What we've talked about here is a key to revival in so many churches where we stop being critical. And at the same time, we forgive other people. And we're open about that, that I apologize. I, I confess my critical spirit. And I forgive. I think there's such an element of revival that comes through that as we get our hearts 
right with one another, and we will get our hearts right with God. We want to thank you guys who have listened today. We've, we've raised an issue, and I hope that it will cause you to consider uh, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your church, what's going on in the people uh, in your group, uh, what's going on in their lives. Um, one of the questions that we ask is, and it's a pretty good wrap up for us to you know, keep focused, is what practices uh, can we can we implement in our lives that will help us guard our hearts against having a critical spirit? And so it's, it's almost a proactive way to talk about uh, the issue of having a critical spirit. What can we do to keep that from being the who we are? Um, so uh, think that through. Uh, guys, I don't know if you all have any response to that, but uh, I just think that's a healthy, proactive approach to ending this kind of conversation. It'd be a great point for discussion for folks. Dan, thank you for being a part of this podcast. Chris, thank you as always for being a, a part of this as well. Great to be on here with you guys. D delighted to do it. Dan, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for writing. You did a great job. And uh, this has been a great conversation today. Hey, before we close, I mentioned Jethro and his encounter with Moses just uh, earlier in this podcast. We're going to talk about Jethro and Moses next week. Next week, we're starting a new study on mentoring. Now, mentoring, I know for many people, sounds like a business term, which it is, but it has a great meaning for us in, in the church as, as far as discipling other people. And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to look at some uh, individuals in the in the Old Testament and the New Testament to see how they mentored or discipled someone else. Uh, for instance, next week, we're going to look at how Jethro impacted the, the ministry of Moses. So we're going to be, uh, I hope you'll be a part of uh, studies that starts next week on mentoring. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for listening. And we hope you have a great Bible study this week.